Welcome to Private Club Radio, your weekly source for industry education, news and discussion. Broadcasting from Tampa, Florida, ladies and gentlemen, here is your host, Gabriel Aloisi. Back at it again here, episode 93 coming to you on Private Club Radio. Thanks for being here once again. We're nearing that 100th episode mark. And we've got some special surprises in store. At least Rick Coffey does. Rick Coffey will be hosting the 100th episode here on Private Club Radio. That should be a great one. Today is going to be a great one, too. We've got Neil Flanagan of Club Incorporated, who's putting on an exciting conference called the Club Leadership Summit. It's happening in December in Belfast, Northern Ireland, and I'm so excited that I will get to attend this conference because the lineup they've got of speakers and education and networking and events really is second to none. So I'm really excited to have Neil on here. Neil also was the director of operations at St. Andrews Links Trust, and obviously that is the home of golf, so we'll have some fun talking to Neil about what it was like to manage St. Andrews. Very cool stuff there. I just got back from Pittsburgh. I was there last week speaking to the Great Lakes Regional Conference. A wonderful group of managers from Pennsylvania, from Ohio. I believe there were some people even from Indiana, and there was maybe some people from New York there as well. So it was just a great gathering of general managers. Norm Spitzig was also a presenter there. He had a one-day conference the day after I spoke and really, really crushed it. So it was a really well-run conference from opening until closing. The Duquesne Club in Pittsburgh was the host club and just did a stellar job. The rooms there are beautiful, by the way. If you've never had a chance to stay at the Duquesne Club, wow, you've got to do it. And I guess they have these things called the uh, Duquesne Club scones that everyone has to have. And they are pretty darn good, I'll admit. Uh, They give it to you with lunch and there was a few in my room every night. That was pretty, pretty nice touch and everything there just first class. Duquesne Club was a club that was founded, one of the founding members was Andrew Carnegie, and so I admire that man in history, and that was really cool to sort of walk in his footsteps, if you will. So great time there at the Duquesne Club. They also had a progressive networking dinner, so I got to see the Pittsburgh Golf Club, which as fate would have it, is not actually a golf club. They sold their golf uh, holes back in the day to the municipality. But just a really nice club there. It's almost like stepping into the colonial era when you go in there. That's what it reminded me of anyway. So we had some appetizers there at the Pittsburgh Golf Club. Our main courses were delicious. Those were at the Longview Club, just about 20 to 30 minutes from there. And then we had dessert at Oakmont Country Club. And just to see the history on display at Oakmont, nine U.S. Opens, it's played host to. And they have some just wonderful memorabilia Things like uh, the balls that people have won the tournaments with. I saw Dustin Johnson's hat and driver from when he won his U.S. Open there. And it was really just filled with history. Just a really cool experience. And the dessert chef just put on an incredible display for us. So what a wonderful event that was. The next evening, we got to go to the St. Clair Country Club. And they had a wine dinner with Eric Asimov, who is the New York Times wine critic. So that was really cool to just taste some of the varietals that you might not necessarily come across and actually get some explanation from someone who's one of the experts in the field. 
wonderful conference. All the education was great and a wonderful host city Pittsburgh was just cool. I haven't been to Pittsburgh in a long time. I've really only been there once that I can remember and I was kind of in and out of it. And it's really a nice city. Uh, it was The weather was great as well. I think we got lucky there. It was o- middle of October and it was 80 something degrees, but just gorgeous weather, sunny outside. And the city was really kind of cultured, I guess the word is, which I wouldn't have expected from Steel City. You kind of think of it as a blue collar working town and the restaurants and bar scene were really interesting. And I just had a great time there, gotta say. So it's time to get our featured guest here on the line, Mr. Neil Flanagan of the Club Leadership Summit. All right, I am joined today by Neil Flanagan. He's the managing director at Club Incorporated, and he's managed some of the top properties in the world, including his time as president and CEO of Lock Lamond, director of operations at St. Andrews. He's been the general manager at the Dubai Golf and Racing Club and director of golf at Celtic Manor. Neil, welcome to Private Club Radio. Okay, thank you very much. Delighted to be here. Yeah, it's awesome. And, you know, first off, I just want to talk about some of your, your history, if you can go through it with for some of our listeners who might not uh, know who you are, Neil. Yeah, well, uh, unlike a lot of uh, club managers uh, who have gone through the food and beverage direction to get into to club management, I kind of took the golf route. So I started with the PGA and was a rules official with the PGA and kind of got promoted up to tournament director. And then I uh, got the opportunity for my first management role was at uh, uh, Wentworth, uh, which is probably, you know, the Wentworth Club is probably the biggest uh, country club just outside of London. Mm-hmm. Um, and it had the World Match Play and the PGA Championship. So that was a great uh, opportunity to, to, for me to learn about the club life and also involved with my, my, my golf background. I really kind of got some great training, uh, worked with some great people. I was quite young at that stage and then got the opportunity to go and set up uh, Celtic Manor, which obviously had the uh, the Ryder Cup in 2010, but this was back in uh, 1995. So it's a long way then and uh, it's, come a, it's come a long way certainly from, from those early days, that's for sure. But it was yeah. a great uh, opportunity for me to learn about capital expenditure and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I then really got to uh, go to Dubai. I'd always wanted to go and have uh, an international club on my uh, resume, and uh, I didn't really have any languages. So to go to the Middle East, uh, where everybody speaks English, was was fantastic. And nice. have three and a half years in a, in a different culture um, with a very different workforce, you know, mainly Indian, uh, Filipino on the, on the ground staff, and uh, Sri Lankan. Uh, was a, was a great learning curve. Mm-hmm. And then uh, got, got the opportunity one day, and um, there was a there was an advert in the Sunday Times, and, and not often did I get the Sunday Times in in Dubai. <laughs> yeah, tough to get probably. Yeah, and um, yeah, there was this, this opportunity to work at St Andrews, the home of golf, and I kind of said to my wife, "That's that's too good to miss." So yeah, right. <laughs> managed to get that one after about three or four different interviews, and wow. uh, it was a tough task, but 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 quite rightly so, and was there for six and a half years and we, we, we did a lot of great stuff, including uh, the Open in 2005. And I think also that was when I met uh, Jim Singling and uh, got involved with Club Managers Association of America. And at that time, they were very keen to get uh, the St. Andrews Links Trust involved and, and the home of golf to really give that, that organization some uh, credibility when it came to, to, to knowledge of golf as well. So we really helped out and we got to know the board and, you know, a, a lot of the people who, who probably listen to this kind of know me and 
they were a great influence on my career as well. So some really great people from that perspective. That's fantastic. I'd love to know what that transition was like to go from Dubai and Saudi Arabia to St. Andrews, completely different climates, different people. What was that like? It was crazy. I mean, uh, my first day, I think we had more rain than, uh, than we had in three and a half years. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, it, it was very different. You know, an Englishman uh, coming from the desert, telling the Scots who see their role as, you know, knowing all about golf from the home of golf, what to do was was difficult and different, <laughs> um, especially trying to put in the service side of, of things. And uh, really, my job was to try and look after the customer. I mean, we had 275,000 rounds of golf on, on the six courses at the time. There's now seven um, and two clubhouses. So, um, yeah, it was it was very different uh, culture, but one that was inspiring. And, you know, you've got to meet a lot of great people. And it certainly wasn't boring, that's for sure. Yeah, give us give us just one story from St. Andrews. I'm sure you have a million of them, but you know what, what's one of your favorite memories or, or, or something that just makes it unique, unlike any other place on earth? I, I think um, I think just just generally on a day to day basis, you would see um, husbands and wives, uh, sons and fathers, um, crying on the first tee because it, it meant that much to them. You know, it, wow. it was kind of the epitome of of trying to get to the home of golf, the Holy Grail, if you like. And I guess right. I didn't realize that, that it meant so much to so many people. And I guess it was our job to try and meet those expectations and try and make it, uh, you know, the, the experience really fantastic. Um, I, I guess one of those uh, was uh, Bill Clinton. He came in and uh, one day and trying to, yeah, he he was great. And we it was around about the time when we had a, a big problem in this country uh, with foot and mouth. The tourism was a, a really low point, yep. and um, it was a big thing to see if we could get President Clinton onto the old course. And you know, we did that, and um, but but he was very generous with uh, with his time, and I think he enjoyed the course. And uh, certainly, the locals took to him as well. So that that was a quite a good experience. That's fantastic. Have any idea what he shot that day? Well, we don't know. I think he had a couple of mulligans on the way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess we'll, well. I guess we allow we allow our ex presidents or presidents to get some of those. <laughs> story with that he took a he took a local guy out because there was three of them he said oh, i would like to take a local he was a really good player and on the uh on the eighth was a par three and he gave him a a, a new pro v1 born with the presidential seal wow and he uh this particular person hit hit the shot but not with the ball so the next time the next hole, the president said, why don't you use my ball? He said, I didn't like to. He said, no, use the ball. Use the ball. <laughs> and the ninth on the old course is a, is a short par four. And he was a good player, and he, and he hit it on the green, and then he held the putt for an eagle, and the president's nice. running around, and the eagle has landed. The eagle has landed. So, <laughs> That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So what, what, what was the transition like then, uh, you know, starting Club Incorporated and, and getting into the consulting side of the business? Yeah, very different. I mean... Um, I'd learned a lot from the difficulties we had at Lot Lomond, where uh, Lyle Anderson, the owner, unfortunately was uh, you know ha- had his issues, and uh, we uh, we were being run by the bank, and so therefore dealing with uh, accountants and um, w- with legal representatives and trying to make sure that the club stayed afloat was um, was a challenge and something that you know you don't often come uh, up against. And so learned a lot from that time. And I guess um, what I wanted to do was with clubs and working with Dick Copeland and, and Kurt Keebler on um, 
and strategy and governance was really important. And uh, I kind of learned a lot from those guys, but also learned from my experiences um, when trying to get the club through and how we could actually, you know, make sure that, that the club um, stayed stayed afloat and that we could, you know, move on to the new ownership, which uh, I'm pleased that it actually did. And so when I left the club, it was really a case of trying to put those skills into place. And I think, you know, from our point of view, trying to find, um, you know, our perfect customer is an individual who would like a golf facility, but um, doesn't necessarily know how to run it. Um, right. in, in some cases, they're not even golfers. Mm-hmm. They just feel they should have a, a, a golf club. And so therefore, really, you know, putting the structure in and then putting the management in around that, which is, uh, which is a lot of fun, but some, sometimes hard work as well. Oh, I bet it is. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm really excited for this uh, club leadership summit that's happening here in December. Can you tell us a little bit about that conference and uh, what's going to be in store for folks who yeah. attend Belfast? Absolutely. We're really looking forward to having you over, Gabe. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, certainly a lot of the managers have said that they're looking forward to meeting you as well. They hadn't really heard of, of your service uh, as I had until we met in, the, in July. So I think getting the Europeans on board will be great. Um, it was something I picked up from Dick and Kurt where they had the K2 Summit where they invited like the 50 top managers from around the country to really network and gel, but, but also take uh, very talented speakers who weren't necessarily in the, in the industry to speak to these leaders who could run a golf club but wanted to see what else was outside of the industry so they could bring that back into, into their clubs. Right. And we kind of tried to do that in, uh, it, with, the, with the Club Leadership Summit. So uh, this is the sixth year, uh, which I'm, I can't believe it's been so long. But the wow. first year, we kind of ran it by the, you know, by the skin of our teeth. And we were at Wimbledon, um, and we had some great, great speakers there. And then we've been at Wembley, uh, Twickenham, uh, Goodwood, and, and last year at Lord's. So it's very much sporting venues in, uh, in, in and around London. But... Um, we kind of run out of them. So this year we're going to Belfast and we're going to the Titanic exhibition, which I have to say is, well, they just told me it's the largest um, uh, visitor center uh, in the world now. Wow. Um, wow. And it's, it's spectacular. Uh, what they do for their customers and the customer journey. And people can take as long as about 40 minutes or some people take two hours. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's really worthwhile. And obviously everybody's probably seen the film. So, you know, you get a, get a kick out of that. I'm the king of the world. People are probably all doing that there, right? <laughs> you can see where it was built. And actually it's built to that, that point. So yeah. Yeah, we're actually on, nice. uh, we're having the chief executive speak on, on the Sunday evening. And it's going to be at that point. So, cool. You know, that's awesome. Yeah, let's talk about some of the other speakers that you have in store because it looks like it's just a star-studded event. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, for those of you who read my blog, you know that I'm a massive Tottenham Hotspur fan. So oh, yeah. uh, they're, they're uh, currently playing out in Wembley and uh, having this amazing um, stadium being built. So we've got the director of hospitality, uh, a chap called Andy O'Sullivan, speaking. And, and really, I've got to know Andy over the last couple of years. And, and what they're trying to do is because they're going to have the NFL games and pop concerts. It's about how can we get all types of fans to experience, you know, top quality. Um, so, you know, literally from the subway all the way through to walking up to the stadium and getting your seat and then the experience of the food and beverage and, you know, getting your hot dogs and getting, getting your Cokes and your beers. Um, how have they been able to do that? And at the same time, encapsulate the, the noise and the, the sort of, uh, 
the atmosphere that they're looking for as well, so it's not a dead dead space, which, which some new stadiums are. And so that will be really fascinating, and, and I know a lot of people will will enjoy that because, again, looking after customers. And that this year, that's what we're we're talking about. It's all about you know customers are key. Um, so from that point of view, that that was a stadium experience. We've got Johan Lindeberg, the famous uh, fashion designer, who nice. uh, who came in and, and changed you know what certainly the young golfers look like. Right. Uh, back in the 90s. So it was a bit tight, you know, certainly a bit tight for me. Um, but now he's kind of, uh, he went away from the business and come back and, you know, he's he's looking at uh, slightly older people and, you know, as, as clients now. And so, and his stuff's really good. So that'll be interesting to learn how, what, what he learned from that perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, those of you who know uh, the Buffalo Agency and uh, um, uh, the Billy Casper Group. We've got their uh, CMO Carl uh, Ragsdale speaking, and uh, he'll be talking about how to engage new customers um, to the game. Because I know that's what Billy Casper is all about—getting right. people to their 150 pro- uh, properties around the state. So that will be an interesting, uh, interesting topic. We've got uh, Alexandra Mearson, who is a fascinating character, nothing to do with golf whatsoever, um, but has done a lot with the uh, the luxury brand LVMH on their e-commerce, mm-hmm. yep. and he's actually um, a watchmaker in the UK. So it's really how how those luxury brands have continued to sell their goods to their customers and, and how they create new customers as well. Tag Hoyer, is, is that the watch company? Because I, I know that that's part of that group. Yeah, that's the watch company. But uh, the... Uh, the Mearson watches are not part of LVMH. That's his own product. Oh, okay. Kind of does about two or three uh, days with uh, LVMH, and then the rest of the time he's he, he runs his watch company as well. But got it. Yeah. That background is something uh, unique. That's unique, yeah, totally. Yeah, so sounds like a it sounds. I love the diversity of the, the different industries that you're featuring, and I really think it's going to be a well-rounded few days there in Belfast. Um, I know you mentioned the Hotspurs, so we can't talk to to Neil Flanagan without talking about the Hotspurs. What are your prospects here, Neil, for the uh, coming for the coming few months here in the Premier well, League? You know, it's the Wembley curse. You know, we we, we can't win at Wembley, so this week we're, we're Bournemouth. Uh, well, we're Bournemouth are coming to Wembley, so the problem is a lot of these teams will never play at Wembley. So you know, it's like their cup final. So every week when we're at home, we have to go up against them, trying to trying the hardest. So I think we're. Going to- <laughs> Yeah. Uh, we haven't lost away yet, so that tells, you know that's been good. Uh, the team the team is very solid. We have a great manager. Uh, we just have to pray that we we keep in the 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 Champions League spot would be good, ready yeah. for the next season and the next stadium, which would be yeah. great. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Well, I just want to direct our listeners to your website for the conference, which is going to be clubleadershipsummit.com. Very easy to remember. It's uh, it's an invite only event, Neil. So if if tell us a little bit about some of the attendees and and the caliber of managers that will be at this summit. Yeah, we've got some uh, great attendees coming. Um, uh, we've we've got uh, represented the clubs represented uh, Valderrama. Uh, we've got uh, Viderbon in the south of France. It's, it's great. We've got the Wisley um, in London. Uh, we've got Woburn just in London. We've got Yaslinks out of uh, the Middle East. Um, we've got, uh, let me see, we've got Sweden uh, covered by Bastard, which is nice, uh, a great golf course. Um, we have uh, Monterey in Portugal. Um, we have, where else we have? 
San Roque in Spain. Uh, we have the National Golf Center in Spain as well. Um, I think currently we're around about 38 or 39. Uh, we've got Carnoustie, for those of you looking at the Open next year. So we actually worked on the search for the chief executive, the new chief executive at Carnoustie. So uh, Michael Wells will be coming. So that, that, that'll be good, his first time to, to the summit. Uh, we've got uh, Royal uh, Port Rush, which will have the Open in 2019. And again, those of who, who who read the blog yesterday, it was my first visit to uh, Port Rush uh, last week, and it's an amazing venue. It'll be great for the Open. So, yeah, we've got some uh, Royal Dornoch as well, up in right in the north of Scotland as well. So there's a, there's a couple of very old clubs, a couple of new clubs, uh, but primarily those managers um, are very skilled in their operations. They've got big clubs, uh, and they want to learn more, which is which is what it's all about. Yeah. And from the United States, I know the Riviera, Don Emery's attending and a few others here from the U.S. Yeah. Uh, Bel Air as well. Adam's coming. Uh, and we've just heard that Tara's coming from uh, Desert Highlands, which is really nice as well. So yeah. it's good to see her again. Um, yeah. It's it, it's nice to have some Americans come across, definitely. Um, yeah. It's going to yeah, be a good, good mix there. Uh, you know, it's, it's one of the things when, when we spoke, it was nice to have you come across and see if we could get a couple of the folks to come. So that'll be a good interjection, definitely. Yep. I'm looking forward to doing a little live private club radio, talk to some of the speakers and really cover this uh, incredible event that you're putting on. And uh, once again, the website is clubleadershipsummit.com. Definitely recommend you check it out and maybe you can beg Neil to give you an invite. I don't know if there's any left, but... <laughs> so we're getting pretty close now, but if uh, if they give us a good enough story as to why, then we'll obviously look at that and uh, we welcome all the all the best managers in the world to come. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, the other thing that we do, we do raise money. Um, we'll have a charity this year. It's the charity which is uh, Sport Changes Life. And um, it's connected to the Rory McElroy Foundation. And Rory is uh, the host for the Irish Open. And this year, the foundation raised over half a million pounds and gave it to, to Sport Changes Life, which is fantastic. Um, so we're going to have some auction prizes that we'll put on the website. And they'll be pretty spectacular. Last year, we had you know, uh, opportunity to play at uh, Pine Valley and Merion, which is, you know, be- really nice. Sure. Uh, we had the opportunity, uh, one of our partners is Pacific Links, and uh, they played um, at the Pacific Links uh, Champions Tour uh, event just a couple of weeks ago. So there will be some, probably just five auction prizes, and maybe we'll try and promote those as we get nearer the time as well. So if anybody's looking for an amazing, amazing prize and would like to contribute to, uh, to the charity, then uh, it's a very worthy course. I love that idea. Uh, maybe the, some of the clubs out there could use that as a, as a uh, referral incentives for uh, who refers the most members or something like that. It would be, be a good yeah, way to use that. Yeah. Yep. Awesome, Neil. Well, thank you so much for joining us on Private Club Radio. Just I could talk to you all day, so uh, we'll have to do this once again here soon. Sir. Talk to you as well. Hopefully, we'll, we'll be talking over a Guinness when we get to Ireland anyway. So oh, that'll be fun. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us and uh, hope you have a good one, Neil. Thank you very much indeed. My pleasure. That is going to do it for this episode of Private Club Radio. Make sure you stay tuned for that 100th episode that's coming up. And if you want to participate on that, if you want to leave a message that we will play on the air, go to privateclubradio.com slash inbox. I would love to hear your thoughts on the nearly 100 episodes that we have done here on Private Club Radio. We haven't missed a week in over... Now, 93 weeks. I'm really proud of that stat. 
We're here each and every Monday speaking to the most influential people in the private club industries, the leaders, the movers, and the shakers. And we have a lot of fun doing it. So we'll catch you back here next week on another edition of Private Club Radio. And until then, here's to your membership success. Private Club Radio is brought to you by the Private Club Agency, the premier marketing and consulting firm dedicated to helping clubs increase and retain their membership. Visit privateclubagency.com to learn more.